0: This is an AMI podcast. Oh, hello. Welcome to another edition of Double Tap. It is Thursday. It's the 20th of July, 2023. And I need more coffee.
1: You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Breeze. Hi, Sean. Hi, Sean. How are you? Everything's oh, fine. Was, that was glorious. I love that.
2: I was just going to say, I think we should put out just the 10 seconds before we um, hit the bed yes. <laughs> for the podcast, because people would love that. Or we'd get immediately
0: banned. Um, but uh, that was fantastic. Steve. <laughs> oh, hello. I love that intro. Well done. That was the oh yeah we're here. Do you yeah. know the problem is what happens? I don't know if anyone else does this when you're you know when you're recording your worldwide successful radio show. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. okay. we Spread right. the wealth. Well, not yes. spread it, but you know, we'll uh, you know tell people about the wealth. Uh, I think that's well, appropriate. Yeah. Sorry, um, I'm missing something. Sorry, sorry. I think there was a connection wrong there. I was talking about whales. Um, <laughs> ah right. Yeah, there yeah, we yeah. Go. That's what you heard. Anyway, oh. um, so. What are we doing today? What's we're happening? starting off strong, Stephen. I love this. This is going to be a corker of a show. Oh, what yes. are we doing today? I think we're doing more of Sight Village. Do you know what? I, I love the fact that you're taking over now. I love that. There was a time when you decided <laughs> to leave me hanging or not have a clue either. Uh, but well, you've, you've no, actually You things improved. are going off track when I start to take over. <laughs> wow. When Sean says, right, come on, we've got to get this on track, <laughs> you know something's going wrong. Come on now, Stephen. Let's, let's have another go. Here we go. Okay, it's going to be great this time. You ready? Yep. Welcome to the show. What day is it? Uh, it's uh, Thursday the Excellent. 20th. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, well, let's just go with that. Anyway, so um, coming up today on the show, we are going to be joined by the wonderful, the one, the only, although maybe the other people are called this name, but, you know, we haven't looked them up. Tim Dixon is back with us. He oh. is uh, our correspondent at Site Village in Birmingham this year. And, you know, I have to say a uh, huge, huge congratulations to... What's wrong with this button? There it is. Um, no. Nothing no. works in here. No, like us, nothing works. Well done, Tim. You've done an amazing job. Yeah, he has. Can
2: he be called the official correspondent name? I think he can. Can
0: Although we get a that, name
2: badge? Double tap name badge, If he wants badge, anything, please? if
0: that means he wants something as a result, then it just goes back to listener. It's how yeah. the rules work. Yes. I, I don't make them. <laughs> I don't make them. Talk, talk to him. Nothing to do with me. <laughs> So yes, we're going to hear more from Tim today. Interesting, because we are going to hear all about uh, a couple of different products that you may or may not be aware of. And I have to say, this is a UK-based event, so it doesn't really have an international focus of its own, but a lot of the products are available internationally, and a lot of these companies will sell products internationally. Uh, one of the products we will hear about, for example, is the mini-guide. Now, you are interested in this. I think you After- talked about- yeah, I've heard amazing things about this. Yes. As I said, a friend of mine got
2: one of these for The Office. He's a, a, a guide dog. Is it guide dog user? Is that the right term? Well, that seeing eye dog. Right. Seeing,
0: uh, seeing AI? No, Seeing eye <laughs> seeing dog. Seeing eye dog. The user. Brain. <laughs> seeing eye dog.
2: Anyway, he uses a guide dog. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> in The Office, he decided just to try one of these mini guides and he loved it and also when he was out and about he, he gave the example of uh, in a shopping i believe it's called mal oh. a shopping mal um just finding the entrance you know the open door so using mm. it to swipe um the the, the like shorelining the the store front and then you would get a vibration when the uh an opening was there so the entrance so it was really good for things like that yeah
0: yeah, well, we're going to hear more about that today. Tim talks to uh, the guy who runs the company that makes it. So there you go, mini guide uh, by a company called Seeing Solutions. So we'll talk about that. Uh, also, he is uh, going to be in conversation with uh, two rather interesting people, both been on our show various times, um, one being Stuart Lawler, who is based at Sight and Scient Technology in Ireland. And uh, he was there representing the company who sponsors Sight Village. And uh, he was there along with uh, Freak Van Helsen, the man behind Hable. Uh, they, of course, the Hable One product, but the company mm. itself is called Hable. And uh, those two get into a really interesting discussion. I, I think you'll enjoy this discussion. I really did. So uh, you, you'll find how two companies come together and realise they're both selling kind of similar product. And... Uh, <laughs> It gets it's interesting. Tense. Let's just say, <laughs> so a brilliant conversation coming up between those two, and I think that shows and really will highlight what Sight Village and indeed all of these events, the conventions around the world that happen, shows the value of them because you know this isn't like a shopping mall. Uh, you know, just go and well, get huh. what you want and leave. You're meeting people. You're getting to to you know know other blind people. Tim said something really interesting earlier in the week when he mentioned that you know the. The reality of being or losing vision, whether being blind or losing vision, is that you tend to wonder sometimes about your own ways of doing things. And seeing other blind people live their lives and do things can actually help. It can help you realize, hey, actually, you know what, I'm doing things okay. I'm actually doing all right over here. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, even just something like sitting, you know, having a coffee and then, you know, noticing how someone else navigates that space I can really make a difference. And I think that's, that's really valuable stuff. And it certainly has been a valuable uh, experience for Tim. And I have to say, although we were intending to go and we didn't go and Tim's been covering it for us, I think it's actually been quite interesting for all of us to learn about his experience of going and you know, for him to learn about all these products. So what I'm suggesting is, Tim, you should do it again next year. I think that's an excellent oh, idea. Well, Everyone well at AMI agrees. Yes. In fact, hang on, what's that? No, he's not taking over the show. No, no, he's not. Hang on. No, well, no, he's not taking the show over. Well, I mean, he did a good job. Gosh, Michael Babcock was here for two minutes and he was getting asked if he would take oh, over know. the show. Grace, Grace Schofield. She comes in here, she reads the news, she does it brilliantly, and then people start suggesting she should host the show. What's going on around here? Uh, people I are think they want noticing. rid of us. Yeah, I think we're in trouble, basically. I think we just have to stop talking to people or having anyone on. Yep.
3: Mr. F.
0: He agrees. Right, let's get to some emails. I want to start with an email from Doug on a subject which I think is more closer to your heart than mine, Sean.
3: Hi, guys. I have a question. I hope this helps you throw a little tech into the show if you need it. I would like your (laughs) opinions on the best accessible password manager apps or services for a Mac. I recall a few years ago Sean recommended one, but I don't recall which one. I'm sure some things have changed in that arena since then. I'd appreciate your current opinions. Thanks and keep up the good work. Doug from Indiana. Oh, Oh,
2: thank you, you, Doug. Um, Okay, well, I'm not... (laughs) holding back.
0: back. Well, you should...
2: uh, This should be actually your question because I am not a Mac user, but I can talk about password managers, kind of, because, yes, I did use uh, 1Password, Dashlane. I think the last one that I used was the Dropbox passwords when they uh, released that app. So if you had a Dropbox account... You could get this, and i got to say, it was very good. I was really impressed at the time, but then I, the accessibility seemed to drop off, and I did struggle with that a few times. I will say, I haven't used a third-party password manager now for 18 months, two years maybe, because I've just moved totally over to Keychain, the Apple password manager, because um, with the release of the extension for Windows, so if you've got the Edge browser or the Chrome browser, you can install that, and it can yeah, uh, sync the passwords from your iPhone or even from your Mac across the whole platform. So I find that really good. It, it is accessible. Um, so I don't have a problem with that. The problem I had with the third party was that yeah, they were kind of usable, they were kind of accessible, but then there was always a certain area of all of these where accessibility would struggle. On Windows, for example, it didn't matter which one I was using. I found that the in-browser extension may be perfectly fine to use. But when you try to use the actual PC client, the actual software or the app on the Windows itself, it wasn't. And it was just really hard work to know where you were to navigate around. Now, hopefully, and this may have changed over the last two years, I really hope it has, but quite honestly, I, I don't know if you really need to with the likes of Keychain. If you have an iPhone you use Keychain, at least, uh, that syncing of passwords across the platforms works really well, and I'm sticking to that.
0: And you've not had any major issues using it with Windows, anything like that? I mean, I guess you can't use it on Android, can you?
2: Um, well, uh, no, not yet. I, I did Google that the other day. Um, yeah, that is the only thing. Um, but no, I haven't had any major issues. I think there was one sticking point when you have to verify. So, in order to use the keychain across all the platforms, you do need to like almost authenticate before you can use it. And there was a slight sticky point where it, the screen reader wouldn't read it out, and you have to Alt Tab and Alt Tab. It's a bit like you know when you get a dialog box on Mac and it doesn't tell you. It was there on the screen, but it never told me until right. I sort of navigated away, then navigated back. But that was the only time. And aside from that, it's really good. I will say as well, I think the in-browser password managers are really good as well. If you sign into your browser, you know, like for example, Chrome, use your Gmail account. If you sign in and every time you log into a website, for example, it will ask you, do you want me to remember this password or save this password? And if you sign into the browser on another platform, again, you've got access to those shared passwords. I think that works well.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Although we are talking here in particular, from Doug's perspective, from a Mac point of view. And I'm with you. I think that the keychain does help in a big way. Of course, it's across your other Apple devices, if you have them, Doug. Uh, but it does allow you to, when you go to a website, for example, it will just automatically populate that uh, that form field with you know your username. And it will ask you to verify that that's the one you want to use. I quite like that feature. I think Chrome does similar. So when you go to a particular, so say you go to a website and it says username, it will have a drop down. And if it if this doesn't appear, you can just arrow down on your keyboard and it will bring up the autofill. And then you can choose which, if you've only got one, that's fine. But maybe it's a shared computer. You've got a couple of different accounts that have logged in. You can choose that username. And then, of course, the password will either automatically be filled in or when you tab to it, it will then populate. And again, sometimes you have to put the password in twice. If you've got a laptop, maybe a MacBook, you could use Touch ID to authenticate that. But it's very safe and very secure. And to be honest, that's that's the bigger deal for me, is making sure this data is safe. I guess the question with these third-party uh, providers, though, is accessibility. Because I hear, and I've been reading over the years, and this is what kind of puts me off them, is that you know you go from, oh, best experience ever on this one, to, oh, non-existent accessibility. Oh, it's yes. accessible again. Oh, it's not. And I, I think, well, at least I know with the Apple one, it's probably going to be accessible mostly, you know, ninety nine percent of the time. Wait, well, yeah, you we can't guarantee so. that either. But you know, it's <laughs> it you about like the consistency. Think. Like I said, I was
2: loving the Dropbox password manager, and then I just couldn't get to the passwords that I needed for some reason. So I just dropped it completely. Plus, with some of the, you know, what I'm not going to name it because I am not sure of which one it was. But there's been some big security yes. uh, breaches with some of these password managers in the past. Honestly, I don't think I would trust it after that.
0: And then if it goes away, you lose everything. Can you can you take those keys with you? Because there's this other thing, it's, you know, pass keys, isn't there? I must admit, this is not an area I know a lot about, but I, I am intrigued by these pass keys, which is an alternative to passwords. I think it, these are going to be uh, amazing when they actually well, come through. Yes, but only if they get it to work across different platforms. At the moment, it seems once you've tied into one platform, so maybe on the iPhone uh, and possibly on the Mac as well, you can use your passkeys there, but you know, you need to use a different passkey provider or passkey option for, say, Google or for the Windows side. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like early days of password managers again, but with passkeys.
2: Yeah, uh, we'll have to wait and see, but it promises a lot, but I'm not
0: sure you're right. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, thank you for that, Doug. Hope that helps. Uh, Keychain, if you're on the Mac, is probably the way to go for now. But if, if others have other views, then please do chime in on that. I'd like to hear people's opinions on this and what you're using and what you find accessible. So, feedback at doubletaponair.com. Get tapping. Uh, also, 1877. Oh, new. <laughs> yeah, okay, I like that. One eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. Get calling. Doesn't work the same, but you know. it's no, no, that's terrible. Yeah, okay. Uh, right, let's hear from James on the subject of Braille.
3: Hello, Stephen, Sean, and Laura. Hope you are all well. Firstly, congratulations to Stephen for taking the first step to read a book in Braille. That is hey. awesome. You are awesome. So thank are you, you, Sean, and when oh, you are ready, you. you may take the same journey as Stephen. Though, of course, mm. it will be your own journey. Listening to the Braille discussion over the past few weeks, I'm wondering if there is a Braille network for pen pals. Whenever I use my Perkins or read physical Braille, I find it very liberating. I even have a Braille address book and I find it very satisfying to add addresses. I grew up with digital technology, but I'm feeling more and more that although it is useful, perhaps especially for blind and visually impaired people, there is a great deal to be said for an analogue approach. I also like being out in nature and reading physical Braille is like being out in nature for my fingers when I am unable to go outside during my work day. As I write this, I've been trying to find some Braille content to read on the RNIB Library Service website. I'm finding it quite difficult to find something to read and wonder if you might make some suggestions on thrillers. Everything I've searched for so far seems to not be available. Thank you. Warmest wishes, James.
0: No one left to tell. That's my book that I've got. Sounds horrendous. I like oh, anything lovely. by Lee Child, especially the Jack Reacher series of books. They are very good. I'm not so sure if it's the books aren't available or that they're having an issue with the Braille embosses at RNIB just now, because I know a few people are having issues getting access to their Braille books, so I think it might be a little bit on hold for a short period of time. Uh, but, you know, what, call, You know if you're in touch with the RNIB, just call them up or email them. The helpline email address is, is always a good way to to get in touch with them and find out what is going on. But uh, I, I certainly had a great experience um, signing up. I, I was a bit confused about the sign-up process, if I'm honest, because there was different sign-ups for the library versus the the Braille download library yeah, versus I, the I, I book find library that as well. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's just it's just give me
0: one portal, and I know where I am. But be able to remember one password, never mind three
2: <laughs> on one site. <laughs> Do you know what? Though I can totally understand what James was it James? Yes. Yeah. What what James was saying there about the. He likes being out in nature, and it almost feels like that when you're using Braille. It's we were talking before, right, about um, listening to TV shows rather than
0: actually watching it on the TV. Oh, yeah, Because yeah. I, I went out. I, I today I bought the uh, double feature. I might add double oh. feature uh, of Wall Street, both the first one and the was it City Never Sleeps? I think it was. Or Never s- seen it. Street no Never idea. Sleeps or whatever it's called, uh, and I bought it on iTunes. Didn't have audio description, of course, but I, I thought I, I've seen it before. I remember. It. I just liked, it, the film. and you
2: still bought it. Ah, yeah, well, you
0: know, I just I like the film, and I've okay, seen it before. So, back like, right. to the future. I can't get it with AD, but I don't care because I've seen it. But True. the thing was, after I <laughs> did it, I kind of realised it's probably another way I could have enjoyed this movie, um, and not with necessarily with audio description, with audio description, and not necessarily with pictures. And yes. I, why didn't I do that? I honestly <laughs> don't know. But there is a difference there. Sometimes it it, it almost feels. I don't know, weird
2: when I'm listening to... I listened to Young Sheldon on Netflix last night, just on my phone. And I don't know, it's just... I can't see anything on the TV, so why do I care? Yeah, But it does feel slightly different. And I was saying I've just started to use my screen curtain um, Mm. because I can't see the screen. I I can't even tell if the screen curtain's on or off most of the time anyway. But I've just started to make sure that the screen curtain is on just to save battery. Um, But it still feels strange to me that I've got the screen curtain on and I still, I'm still looking at my phone, right? It's, it's that feeling. It, there's no real logic behind it. But sometimes you get that feeling and it either feels right or it doesn't.
0: Yeah, the, the screen curtain thing's interesting. So I, I, I'm like you, I try and keep mine on. But the reason it tends to go off for me is because I have this thing about notifications. I always feel I'm going to miss something. And I every time I have screen curtain on, I inevitably do. And something must have happened a while ago that you know must have been important and i missed it and it irritated me because i could have been aware of it and like you it's not that i can necessarily read the screen it's that i can see it glowing so i can oh something's happening yeah right? so no, then i can investigate I do have it. that as well yeah but, but i just it's, it's just i don't how know useful is that right i mean is it just is it just that thing when you're coming over the hill of you know it's time to accept the whole thing and you know just just Essentially, go non-visual is this the word of a phrase I've heard a few times. A friend, friends of mine, have said this. People who've lost all their vision have said this to me. Like, if, you'll get over it eventually. You know, there's no I difference to watching a film with no. the no screen versus watching it with a screen. But, truthfully, because it doesn't really make any difference. You're, you're, you're actually you're probably missing more of the film by thinking you can see something going on. It's. I think
2: it's just habit. To be honest, just getting. Well, you've got of that a TV
0: in, the, in your house, right? You're staring at it. You think, well, I may as well have it on. As opposed to just have a Bluetooth speaker next to it with the the show audio pumping out of it. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I had friends who used to, they didn't have a TV or I think they did have a TV, but it was just very small television, just, you know, cheap TV. And they had it hooked into a fantastic hi-fi system. Yes, And they had big speakers and they never turned the screen on. And in fact, I think they had it on, but it was on the lowest brightness setting just to, you know, cut down on the energy use on it. And that was how they just sat back and listened to their audio. And I kind of, I really, I remember spending time. And again, it goes back to that comment from Tim that really stuck me when he talked about the, you know, seeing how other people, how other blind people live their lives. Yes. You kind of see that environment, and you kind of think, God, I'm so jealous of that because those people just, mm. they just live in that world. They don't think about it. It's Isn't not, this, it's, not this... it's not a process in their mind. They just enjoy the content rather than yeah, worrying right, exactly about how they're consuming right. it.
2: Strange, though, isn't it, that there isn't really a solution for that that isn't um, readily available and really affordable. I mean, just a what I'm talking about here, I mean, I suppose this could be a bit specific to the UK, but it does um, relate to other countries as well, is an accessible set-top box. Mm-hmm. In, in the case of the UK, it would be a, a Freeview box, and in, in other countries, it may be cable boxes. I know there are accessible cable boxes out there, but it always seems like it's a bit of a... I don't know, almost black magic to to get hold of one. Or it, it, this bit is accessible, but that bit isn't. And over here in the UK, just having a set-top boxer, uh, I don't have to connect to a TV, I can just connect to a pair of speakers. It should be so simple, such an easy technology to do. Yeah, I don't know of any. The only one I know is a Synaptic
0: one, and that's like, I don't know, that's, that's hundreds of dollars. It was a brilliant system years ago. Uh, that Sky TV brought in here in the UK, and it was kind of laughed out of the room. I mean, it, it hung it hung around for about maybe a year or two, and it was called it, the system here is called Sky, which I guess is the equivalent to Bell or Rogers or I don't know Dish or Comcast or any of these companies. In fact, I think mm-hmm. Sky is now owned by Comcast, and um, the the Sky box, the the set top box that you had at home was not particularly accessible, right? In fact, it was not accessible at all. There was a box they had built for it, which was called the Sky Talker. And that would, you could plug it in and it would only read out the channel number and the, I think the name of the channel and maybe what was on now, but that was it. You couldn't get any other information, but it gave you something, I suppose, if you were navigating the channels. But this product came out called the Sky Gnome, as in Garden Gnome, right? Okay, And weird. A tiny okay. little triangular unit and you the idea was you could take it with you around the house. It had a battery in it. And you could plug it in if you wanted. But the idea is you could put it next to your bed or you could take it into the kitchen or to the garden. And essentially it would connect over wireless or I think it was over RF possibly. So you couldn't go too far with it. But it was like connecting to the radio. And you were able to listen to your sky box from wherever you were. So a lot of people who were blind were were getting the sky system in. Not bothering too much about the TV, but just hooking it up, forgetting about it, and then controlling the whole thing via this external speaker with the up and down buttons to change volume, change channel, and even numbers on it to go straight to a channel if you knew the number. Yeah. And it actually was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. And you even had a headphone out jack on it as well, so you could hook it up to iFi in another cool. room. Or you could even, and, and it was for controlling the system. It was great because you didn't need to see anything. And the thing was, of course, it died off because no one was particularly interested in it from the mainstream perspective. Everyone thought it was silly. Why would I mm-hmm. want to listen to the TV? Well, all these blind people are going, Yes, please. Yes, yeah. please. <laughs> but that was that was it. And it, it disappeared. So, you know, options come along like that, but and it was weird how they came up with this wonderful idea. And I remember at the time, I worked at R at the time, and they must have delivered to us about a thousand of these things. Because they were just trying to get rid of them by that point. And they're like, please just give these away. No one wants them and you know we we all had them and it was great you know i loved them i loved mine uh, yeah. and my vision was better then so i probably didn't need it in the same way but i could totally see the value in it nowadays i would love something like that and that's the kind of thing we're looking for it's just it almost it's almost as if especially with the smart speakers and all that i kind of wish that broadcasters would create an audio described audio stream of their tv channel that would be brilliant that would yes. actually solve all our problems if you had a, if you were able to listen to your favorite TV channel with the audio description always on over the internet online through a stream through, say, a uh, lady A or a whatever, doesn't matter what, but just an audio, that would be cool. It would, and it would be so easy to implement
2: as well. Oh God, uh, yes, yeah. Anyway, we're wishful uh, thinking here. Um,
0: sorry, James, we went off on a bit of a tangent there. That was my fault. But yeah. thank you for the email. I enjoyed that. Uh, Right, let's get a message in from Janine, who uh, wants to talk to us about 3D printing.
3: Thanks for the discussion about 3D printing. I love 3D stuff. There is an organisation called C3D that does 3D printing. They use volunteers and donations to print out things upon request. For example, they have all of the NASA vehicles and some astronomy pieces, anatomy and other STEM items to help people in school, etc. I'd be a mad scientist if I had that accessibility during my school years. I have several pieces from C3D, and one of them does have Braille on it. The Braille, though, is not the rounded dots you think of and enjoy running your fingers over. It's almost square and rather sharp. I've seen this Braille on signs and some elevator buttons. The spacing also isn't quite what we're used to for reading. It's a little squished. It, and the raised print on the 3D map of the Seeing Eye campus, is nonetheless really cool. My other pieces include a DNA molecule, a gyroscope, which my dear cat broke recently in her zeal to play with it, and a 3D map corresponding to the Game of Thrones universe. Like Jason, I want to feel so many things I read about in science fiction and fantasy. Probably my most fun 3D model, though, is half a brain with the various lobes denoted and labelled. I originally got this for a blind friend who is a psychotherapist. Yes, it's handy to have a dear friend who is a psychotherapist. The person who made the model attached bits of fishing line with braille labels to each lobe so that when you held the brain with one hand, you could feel them hanging down while corresponding to their location and shape. I want to say this hemisphere of the brain is actual size, but that may not be exactly right. If it's not, it's darn close, and yes, it does sort of feel like a cauliflower. I donated to C3D for each of the pieces I had someone make, but they have many they can send out free. Not sure if they ship outside the US, they are based here in Ohio, though. Janine, who will not 3D print a fedora.
0: Ah, quite right. <laughs> Stand up for the fedoras, the actual fedoras. No 3D nonsense there.
2: So cool. So cool. But that's that's a perfect example of, of why 3D printing isn't just a, you know, a gimmick or a bit of a niche thing. It's really useful for things like that.
0: Yeah, it is. It's really interesting. I love the things you can do with it. Uh, yeah, brilliant. Thank you for that, Janine. And uh, yes, keep in touch. Tell us how you're all getting on with your 3D printing if you're doing it out there. I love to hear people doing this kind of thing. Uh, this is Double Tap on AMI Audio. Stick around, more to come from Site Village from Tim Dixon. He is there for us this week, and he joins us
4: next.
1: Connect with the Double Tappers on social media now. On Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air. And on Mastodon at Double Tap.
0: Yes, we are there. We're not on Threads, uh, but I can tell you the good news about Threads. Did you hear the breaking news about Threads, by the way? Breaking, breaking news. No, I did not. Breaking
1: news. Yes. No, me.
0: Uh Alt text now available, apparently. Wow. I haven't been on to check myself, but I did read that, so I hope that's correct. Do tell us. Uh, Felix, I'm looking at you on this one. I know you're on threads. <laughs> You've got it installed and you just cannot, you're not like, even going to have a look. I, I, I'm not going to go through it. And, and do you know what? I am not. I probably will never be on there. I know I'm on it and I know a lot of you are starting to follow me and I appreciate that. I wouldn't waste your time. I'm not going to be putting anything up there. I mean, unless unless Twitter does eventually disappear entirely, which I am in significant doubt that it ever would, mm-hmm. um I then I think maybe I'd look at it, but I don't know. I, I don't, I'm just not seeing it at the moment. And I, I, it seems to me that Zuckerberg is out a lot telling us how wonderful it's doing. Uh, really? Is it? Okay. I'll believe you. Well, yeah, that's, that's seeing the engagement of that. But,
2: hey, like, it's a step in the right direction, right? We can, can't say well, we're disappointed in yeah, that. It'd be we nice to if text. it happened good. on the first day, but, you know. Yeah, well, yes, it's it, here is now. Is it to be
0: better to be late to the party than never turn up at all? Yeah. Mm. Oh. I don't know. I like have never been to a party. I <sighs> know. Oh, well, not one you've invited to, anyway. Uh, no. Right. So um, <laughs> let's turn to Tim Dixon, uh, who is uh, our official correspondent at Site Village in Birmingham for us this week. And uh, we're looking back at some day two highlights now as uh, we join Tim talking to a company about a product called the Mini Guide.
5: I'm stood here with Philip from Seeing Solutions. Good morning, Philip. Good morning. I've heard from yesterday that the, the gadget that everyone needed to see was the Mini-Guide. So I'm here now uh, for a demonstration of the Mini-Guide, if you'd be kind. Yeah, the Mini-Guide is a little handheld device uh,
6: that you can, it doesn't, doesn't shout that you're blind or you need assistance it's an assistant in its own right so it's not it's not beeping it, it works by giving you a vibrational impression of what's in front of you in other words it's an obstacle detector it's got five ranges on it it's got half meter one meter two four and eight meters now as you switch it on with one button it, and point it if you get close to an object it will start vibrating the nearer you get to an object, it will vibrate faster. And if you, say, got it on one metre range, which is about normal for being, say, inside, uh, whether you're in a shopping tent or something like that, by, by all means, use it with your white cane uh, and 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 use it as a secondary aid. It will tell you all sorts of information about... If you, if you approach an obstacle and, and you'll see the object, You'll feel the obstacle before you you hit it with your cane. It will tell you by just a simple scan left and right, which is the easiest way to walk around an object. Now that might seem quite elementary, but just say you've got a car parked on the the pavement and, and you don't know which way to go around it. You walk up to it on two meter range. You haven't encountered it with your cane yet because that could be detrimental to the cane. It could get jammed underneath whatever the obstacle is. Anyway. As you walk towards the obstacle, just simply have this in your hand, scan it left and right. It might, as you, as you go left, it might be a shorter distance than it is to the right. You don't want to be walking in the road either. It might be the case that you can't actually walk around it. It'll save you a lot of time with a cane or feeling. And then you can walk around quite normally without any, um, without any
5: inconvenience at all. Uh, I- So the device looks like it's about the size of two AA batteries? It
6: does, yes. It's about three inches, about eight centimetres long, it's about one and a half centimetres deep, uh, and it's um, uh, about three centimetres wide. And it's got a little cap on it, and it's the sort of thing you might just hold in your pocket, uh, you know, and get it out when you need it. You might not always need it, but just say you were working with a cane, you get to a, uh, a crossing, and uh, you don't know where the pole is. Now, if there's nobody there, uh, that's a bit, uh, a bit of difficulty. If there's somebody there by all he's asked them. Get the mini guide out of your pocket, put it on two meter range, scan around, because you know you're at the crossing, because you can feel the bumps under your feet, and it will tell you where the pole is. You can walk up to the pole and push a button. It, you know, you can do that with a guide dog as well, because not all guide dogs are, are,
5: are, um, are crossing pole savvy. So, would this also be useful, say, in a supermarket where you can't use your white cane? Absolutely. Can you attach it to a trolley? Yeah. You
6: can attach it to a trolley, no problem at all. But, you know, in the supermarket, that, that's got its own difficulties because people are walking past all the time and it will pick those people up, up with a vibration. So, yeah, but it's a little bit difficult one that... Um, if you're out in the countryside, uh, by all means, put it on four-metre range. If you think yeah. there might be a, something, uh, uh, an obstruction overhead, just... just Point it upwards. You don't hold it in front of you. You just hold it by your side, quite normally, with your arm in a normal position. If you think there might be an obstacle, just point it upwards. If it's clear, there'll be no vibration, you know you're not going to hit your head on something. Just say you walk into a door, uh, the door's open, you scan it left and right, you can feel the vibration from the left side of the doorway and the right side of the doorway, but in the middle, there's no vibration so it's free to walk through. Now, for deaf-blind people, it's exceptionally good because it's giving you information where you can find out whether a lift door is open, for instance. You you find where the lift is, and you're standing there with the lift, and you've got it vibrating, pointing at the lift door, and it's vibrating. As soon as the lift door opens, it
5: stops vibrating. So is there any vibration, or is there any audio alerts? There is audio on it
6: as well. Uh, uh, You can plug a normal 3.5-inch jack in it. Uh, and, and just have that as an audio, which means that it's good. And that's how the a girl with um, the pushchair was using it. It can also, the clamp can also be connected to, uh, say, a walking frame for elderly people uh, who are blind, say, in a care home. Uh, yeah, it's got lots of possibilities. But it's discreet. It's not saying, yeah, it's really look, discreet. I'm blind, you know. And It looks you're... like
5: you just holding car keys in your yeah, hand or absolutely. something like that yeah
6: if you're if you're left on your own in a situation where you don't know your surroundings just get this out of your pocket set it to the range that you want to know where the obstacles are around you and, and then just do uh, just turn around 360 degrees and it will tell you where all your obstacles are
5: so what sort of price is this
6: it's 300 pounds it's an instrument it's a very highly calibrated piece of electronic it's not a toy Yep. Uh, so don't treat it as a toy it, we guarantee it we've had very little problems with it um, the only time we've ever had any problems was somebody dropped in some water but there again when it dried out it was absolutely perfectly okay uh, so you just dried out like a telephone um, but absolutely. no it, it's a very easy to hold little device with one button uh, for changing all the ranges uh, and
5: um, no, it, it's fantastic so if listeners would like to find out more or yeah. purchase one of these how do they get in touch with yourself? Right,
6: well, I'm Philip, uh, Philip Ward, and I'm from a company called Seeing Solutions. Uh, and if you want to email, it's info or phil at seeing.solutions. So there's no .com or .net or anything on there. It's phil at solutions. We're based in Nottingham, and we've just opened a shop in Nottingham where people can just walk in, try things. Um, we don't tell your name. You don't need an appointment. You, If, if you think... Something might help you. It's a shop open only for visually impaired people.
5: It's the first one in the country. Fantastic. Thank you very much for your time today, Philip. You're very
0: welcome. That's great news about the shop as well in Nottingham. That's really good to know. So, people who are, and I know we do have listeners in Nottingham thinking of our pizza, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he, he could benefit from that. An actual store to go to to you see try less and
2: less of actual. Stores around where you can go in and get hands-on with this sort of thing. So yeah, wow, fantastic. Doesn't unexistent. that sound cool though, doesn't it? The, the mini guy. I'd really like to try one of those out. Um, it, it reminds me of the uh, the ultra cane which we talked about. Was that yesterday or the day before? Um, the, the ultra cane. It, it seems like a really good use of this technology. And specifically, which is really getting on my nerves at the minute because I keep walking into them parked cars on the pavement.
0: Mm, yeah.
2: Um, there's there's an area here where when I walk the dog down my street. I'm following the curb and I there's always an area where I know there's going to be cars parked on the pavement you know there's always that one area it's like it's fine until I get there and then it could be cars parked there or not um and just using having something like this just to give me that reassurance before I actually hit it would be great
0: yeah absolutely I mean it, it does sound like a great idea I just would love to try it in in you know, real world to see what it's like because I love the concept mm. of all of these things. I felt this way about the Sunu band as well, and I was, then just what I was going to bring up because
2: you you have the Sunu band, yeah, and it sounds very similar to this. I just wasn't um
0: wasn't feeling it in some ways. One or uh,
4: Very good. Oh, yeah, very uh, good.
0: Yeah, good. Oh, thanks. Uh, right, let's uh, continue with the chats from Tim because uh, he also spent some time at uh, the sight and sound technology company Stand. And uh, this is him talking about two products we have uh, had lots of interest in here at Double
5: I'm joined by uh, two accessible tech gods, um, <laughs> big presence in the uh, uh, side village this year. We've got um, Freak from uh, Able One. Yeah. Hi,
1: welcome.
5: Thank <laughs> you for joining. And we've got
4: Stuart Lawler from Sight and Sound. Hi Tim, I'm very nervous. I'm very <laughs> anxious that you've... What an intro, you know, so I'm a little bit worried, but we'll try and get through this as best we can. And uh, I, you're going to tell us all about the hymns sense player? So it's a portable media player it runs Android and it offers functionality to listen to music, uh, read books, uh, podcasts, radio and if you buy the device with a camera it has um, a function to scan text. So there are other things the device does but that's a a, a, that's a, a starter I suppose. It also has a function called smart connect and with Smart Connect, you can connect your sense player via Bluetooth to a mobile phone or tablet and use your sense player to control that mobile phone or tablet. So if someone struggles with touch screens or finds that they're faster with a tactile keypad, this is one way of uh, trying to overcome it. I should say it is one way and Freak's wonderful Hable one uh, is, is another really good way. And I think we should mention that as well. I think you've just been extremely diplomatic there. So uh, I,
5: I didn't quite realise that SensePlayer controlled I the phone, and I don't, I don't think Freak did
1: here. Also, uh, but st- I'm happy with the answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no, a great
4: I mean I, I think they're very different uh, cases. So. so if you're using Braille and Braille is your preferred method of input, you're going to use the, you're going to, you know, uh, if you have the um, cable, it's, it's a much quicker way to, to do text entry on the iPhone, for example, or, or any phone. If you're not a Braille user, and you're very new to technology, then maybe using the Smart Connect feature would be much. Great. So,
5: Freak, do you have any questions about the, the Sense Player? you are as new to
1: this as I am? Yeah, yeah, I'm I, as new. Yeah, I wonder how you, because there's, like, different functions that you use it. How do you switch between the modes? Like, how do you use the different?
4: Yeah, so there is a mode key on the device, and you can have three um, applications uh, on the mode key that you can switch between. So if you're doing a lot of podcasting, music, and maybe, I don't know, text recognition, you can press the mode key to cycle between those three apps but then you can always get back to the main menu to view any of the other apps that you need fantastic and you said it's android based it's android based yeah so um it's it and it will feel very similar if people have the braille sense if people have seen the braille sense uh six which we've also been showing here it will feel very similar to that and you mentioned there's an option to have a camera so what does the camera do to it so the camera sits on the back of the machine and there is a, um, an OCR text um, option within the, within, the, within the camera and that allows you to scan text. We're also selling it with a stand. So you can put the device on the top of the stand, slide your paper in underneath and scan. And it's worth saying for your listeners as well, Tim, that we're expecting a major update to the Sense player very soon. And when I say very soon, by the end of August, and this is going to introduce a mobile screen reader. So now we can start installing other apps on the device. So um, Audible, for example, Netflix, Spotify, uh, the, 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 the list, there, there's a lot more potential to use this device to do other things.
1: Fantastic. And- any of
4: questions, for yeah. You? yeah.
1: How does how does it work with updating? You mentioned there's a new update in my class. Yeah. So how, how would one go about that?
4: Yeah. So, there is an update option within the utilities menu. So, once you plug it in and have it connected to your Wi-Fi, you can download the update. A bit like you would on your mobile phone. Yeah,
1: that's, and, and the battery life? Like, how long will... T-
4: yeah. It's a great question. Kind of a hard question, Frank. Why don't you okay. ask the hard question? <laughs> um, no. Sorry. It depends on... If you're using Bluetooth heavily, mm. you might get sort of 10 hours, but we would say... 14 to 16 hours of listening and you know I, I, I'd be sort that's of right, saying yeah. people if you're using it a lot every day probably stick it on charge at night yeah, yeah. just to be sure yeah.
5: but that, that will last 10 hours will last you through a day absolutely and oh, yeah. it avoids drain on your, your phone and, and, that. Your
4: phone. and yeah. I think that's where when we're talking to people about it today lots of people have phones already and are very happy with their phones but this is another tool that they might use to differentiate their tasks so book playing um, music listening maybe that you want to do on a, on a standalone um, on a standalone unit and then use your phone for calls or email.
1: So Stuart, when would you say you should be interested in this device? Like when would it be, who would this really fit? Who, is, who would it fit? Yeah. I
4: think it fits anybody who wants to do that differentiation of, of tasks with their devices but I think it also fits people who maybe are new to touchscreen or who just don't want to engage with touchscreen or who want just a nice Lightweight, compact um, media player.
5: So this is the like size of what a 5.5, 6 inch mobile phone I'm with really tactile ba- yeah, buttons. Yeah,
4: exactly, on. exactly. A bit like that. I'm really bad at describing things, but you you might get a yeah. description Tim, if you if you want to. Uh.
5: So I would say it's about the same size as like an iPhone SE, and yeah. you've got tactile buttons that you you can physically press, you can physically feel. It, it's nice and light in hand. Um,
4: yeah, no, that's a really nice device to hold. So, if people want more information, obviously they can get in touch with Sight and Sound on the web, um or call us from within the UK on 01604 798070. That's great, thanks Stuart. And you're also selling
5: the Able One?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's
5: right. <laughs> Via Sight and Sound? So, both products are are available from yourselves. Absolutely, yeah,
4: Yeah. and we've been, people have been, the Hable One is one of those things that has generated so much excitement since it launched. People can't get over this tiny little Bluetooth controller that you can have in your pocket and do so much with. So, if anyone's listening and hasn't seen it, definitely think people should try it out.
1: Yeah, and we've been actually uh, showing it here again at the exhibition, and I've met so many of our customers, I I realize, like so many people, as I said, hey, I've been using it for a long time. It's it's, it's so great to hear that. I mean, yeah. And I must say with sort of 10 minutes of
5: hands-on with the Able 1, I was convinced and I placed an order for myself. Um, what was, what was just for listeners to get an understanding, Frick, as, as co-founder of Able 1, it was really interesting chatting with you and seeing that there's a drive for it to be continually improved. Yeah. And there's a drive for it to be um, a, a one-off cost, something solid, something that we can use, that we can take between phones. Exactly. And yeah. that really shined through. And we've seen that with the updates moving to over-the-air updates recently. Um, and all the ed- there was no negatives that I had. <laughs> but any interesting feedback, like putting air tags on... In cases and that you've welcomed so uh, I think that's a. as a community we
1: can feed back to you and know that that'll be taken on board yeah it's it's one of the things I love like also talking to you and and talking to other people here we have a really act we have a really active group and it's so much fun because a lot of our new updates really come from the feedback from users we have this big mailing list and that's that's how we decide what new updates will be there and we have lots of plans for the future it's
4: also worth saying that Frake and the team um, at Hable are really good at engaging with the community there's a very very active community list that yeah. Havel very much actively input into and it's kind of it's actually um refreshing from our perspective to see a manufacturer take that level of care to communicate with customers.
1: That's so nice of you. Yes, Thank you. I'm just for <laughs> beer.
4: So I, I I started with a, a
5: sense play review and we've ended with uh, uh, saying how great the able one is. <laughs> yeah. But both products are fantastic and they're both available from Sight and & Sound. And could you just remind
4: us of the, the address and phone number again? Yeah, so on the web, it's sightandsound.co.uk and on the phone, it's 1604 798070. That's great. Thanks, Stuart. Thanks, Liam. Thank Thanks you.
0: What a fantastic conversation between Stuart Frake and uh, Tim there. It was just <laughs> so good to listen to them talk. Absolutely. I love the Hable one, by the way. And they're
2: absolutely right. The, the level of um, commitment from the company there is
0: absolutely fantastic. Hang on. Here we go. You hear it? Oh, you got that it. Can. There we go. That's it,
5: yeah, As <laughs> The
0: microphone doesn't pick up particularly well. But yeah, I've got <laughs> the Hable here. Um, I know. What is it with this Hable? I, I think what he's done is so clever, right? Because it's funny. I, I, I'm Probably going to be talking about this more next week, but I, I have a bit of a bee in my bonnet about companies um, creating products without really getting in touch with us first in any way yes, just throwing yeah, things yeah. out there and yeah. there's so many examples of this now and this is one product that I I don't know we should go we should go back to the interview we did with Freak and actually listen again because there's a bit in that that we guaranteed an answer in there about this but you know I am intrigued as to the the origins of that product because it really has struck a chord get it chord Oh, Braille, oh, very, cord, oh, very good. Cord. Get it? Well done. Um, yeah. It struck a chord with the blind community. I, I could be there marketing people, honestly. Well, what would your um, marketing slogan
2: be, Stephen Scott? Hable strikes a chord. Oh,
0: I thought you were going to say- That's
2: good, isn't it? Oh, well, don't need the table when you've got a I've Hable. I've got
0: that one. If they know that one. Uh, yeah, and they don't want it. And they don't want uh, that either.
2: <laughs> I think that was really interesting- uh, way of describing it now as a bluetooth controller that's exactly what it is a mm-hmm. bluetooth controller it's an easy way to to remote if you like control your phone as i said i use it all the time when my phone's on the wireless charging stand and it's just so easy to grab it's it's small it fits in the hand so nicely yeah
0: it's a really cool device well before tim left site village he got the chance to have a conversation about something I bet he never thought he'd be discussing.
5: I'm over at the Braylist stand, but I'm actually talking to Michelle Young and Anna Gibson. Anna Gibson's a colleague of mine and has come down to see what the event is like today. Say hello, Anna. Hello. And Michelle is an orientation and mobility specialist. Hi, I you hope I that right. Yeah, that's right. And I just witnessed a conversation about handbags. Being a man, I know nothing about them but there was a lot of excitement about this particular handbag so I thought I would get a recording of uh, explaining what's special about this handbag and why all women are, are very excited with it
7: No problem, well it isn't the thing you sort of expect to hear about Site Village, Site Village is one for the geeks and the gadgets but here we are, so um, I first got involved with um, this bag company called Mia Tui and it's spelled M-I-A-T-U-I, Mia Tui means my bag in Vietnamese. And they basically, the unique selling point for me was the fact that normally when you're in your handbag, you can't find anything because it's a trove of nonsense or a trough. But Mia Tui have a beautiful blue lining. So it's very, very bright. So immediately, as soon as you open your bag, the light gets into it. But not only that, they have fantastic compartments. So they have a key clip, they have pen clips, they have a, se- um, a secure zipped pocket on the outside of most of their bags and on the inside of their bags. Some of them have insulated bottle holders so you can keep your bottles safe. They have different sizes and different styles. They have backpacks and little crossbody bags. And just, they're not a disability product, but, for people who've got low vision um, and who require, you know, quick access and organisation, they're just a fantastic bag and a fantastic product. And the company themselves do so well. They've got fantastic customer service. They've got a lovely staff who are so willing to help and describe bags on the phone and describe colours. And they're just absolutely fantastic. And I can't, you know, I can't praise them enough for how good they are for people who've got low vision and who need bags for anything. Just, you know work bags, school bags you know, going out at night bags, whatever you need so They've travel accessories they've got everything and they've got a Facebook group and they're online and they're based in Milton Keynes
8: and they're fantastic
5: That's excellent, so Hannah what do you think of the bag, first I, time you've seen it
8: I mean I love it, I love all handbags but I especially love this one I cannot tell you how many times I have been rummaging and rummaging my bags for my keys I've convinced myself I don't have the keys I've lost the keys, I can't hear the keys, can't find the keys. What I loved most about this, when you showed me, was the fact that those keys are on that elastic and you can just pull them out. Um, that is absolutely genius. It's such a simple idea, but such a great idea. You don't even need to look, you can just put your hand in yeah. and find the elastic I, and pull. Oh, I love it. The <laughs> lining especially, I agree with you. I think the contrast it creates is, is brilliant. Yeah. A lot of handbags have that dark lining. Yep. I don't know why. Why? Because it, it doesn't show the room. dirt. But That's probably oh, what it is. And they're vegan
7: and you yeah. can you can wipe you them. It's not leather. This is actually animal, like fake animals, snake skin, whatever. denim crop, but you can wipe out the insides. So they're sustainable they're... Yeah. in so many ways. And they're showered, like if it's closed, yeah. stuff doesn't get
8: wet inside, it's waterproof. I love that. Um, and then the other thing I was going to say, that was it, I'm not even joking. I was in Dublin a couple of weeks ago and I lost my bag card, Simon would be my witness, um, I cancelled my card and it was actually in my handbag <laughs> and that's what happens when you have a dark lining in your handbag yeah, so you yeah. think this is absolutely brilliant and I would definitely be looking to check uh, that out there's a perfect little pocket out.
7: here that you could just like put, your, put your hat
8: bank card in right, yeah. a wee secure zip pocket in the back there see look, I wouldn't nice. have cancelled my card if I had or
7: that or right in the front so you can just slip your hand in it but it's mm-hmm. great, it?
5: Yeah. so remind us where can, where can we get these
7: me or I-A-T-U-I, Mia and it's run by a fantastic lady called Charlotte Jam and her amazing team of staff. And they're based in Melton Keynes. and they're online on Facebook, and they also do telephone orders. Fantastic company.
5: Thank you both, ladies.
7: You're
8: welcome.
0: You know, I just know that Tim was not listening to a single word (laughs) they were saying during that interview. He was was tuned out. He was somewhere else. He was.
2: He was interested. I was waiting for the question of... (laughs) Does it have a chargeable USB port? And Uh are there any LED lights on it?
0: Smart features available from (laughs) these bags. Wow. I have not had so much excitement about a bag. There was more excitement about that than pretty much anything else by the side of it. But uh, hey, listen, sometimes sometimes there are products that it's not about disability, but they can really make the difference to people. So that's what it's all about. Brilliant also good to hear michelle as well i went to school with michelle so there you go that's a smaller oh. blind world is it's Why? um yeah that's amazing to uh, to hear uh, all these people <laughs> on the show thank you to tim dixon and all his hard work yes uh, it's uh, he's done a fantastic job for us here at double tap this week big thank you to tim and uh, you'll hear lots more from tim this coming weekend we'll be wrapping up all of site village and all of the interviews that uh, tim has done in our special tim Takeover episode. on Saturday Uh, that is uh, for today though keep your feedback coming we're back tomorrow thanks Sean thank you bye bye